The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I'm sure that it's either Monday or Tuesday. Hmm. It's kidding. It's a mock draft Monday with Ryan Wilson, freshly back from the Combine. I missed seeing you at the Combine, Wilson, because I didn't go. <laughs> you did. Uh, I'm sure it was a good time. I'm sure Indianapolis was fun. But, uh, you know. Whatever. Uh, we're live on YouTube, by the way. YouTube.com slash pick six. If you want to, uh, we, we'll be live as well uh, on Tuesday afternoon for the franchise tag show. We've only got one franchise tag in. It's odd how it shifted, Wilson, because back well, anyway, YouTube.com slash pick six. Like and comment the video if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button and turn on alerts. And if you are, uh, you know, if you're listening to the podcast in audio form, Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you leave it, if you leave a question, if you have a question about a football team, a draft situation, free agency, uh, life, liberty, happiness, whatever you want to ask us about, we will answer if you leave a five-star rating on Apple, within reason, of course. Um, hmm. We'll get to it in an upcoming mailbag. And I should mention, Saturday on CBS, men's college basketball conference tournaments are underway. It's March. And so much will be on the line starting at 1 p.m. Eastern with the Big Ten semifinals. Then at 6 p.m., another school claims your automatic bid to the madness at the Mountain West Championship. We'll get you set for tip-off at 12 Eastern with our crew on Inside College Basketball. A huge Saturday of men's college hoops coming up Saturday on CBS. Love the uh, the college basketball crew that we have there on CBS. Shout out to Coach K for losing to my Tar Heels on his way out the door. Um, go Tar Heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been on the Tar Heels. I, was, I wasn't rooting for him. I mean, I was like kind of enjoying the schadenfreude. I was actually out to uh, on a date night with my wife. Um, oh, that wasn't your uh, Jeff Goodman date night? That was the night before, Friday. Why were you looking so angry in that tweet you sent out? I was just making a face. I was just squashing the beef. Norlander, Matt Norlander came into town. Shout out to the Ion College Basketball Podcast, by the way. Uh, I, I actually jumped in their live stream. Last night, they were like, what the hell is it? Here, give me a 15-second recap. of. I didn't know there was a beef. So to give me the 15-second recap of why you and Jeff Goodman. He, there was he, no beef with me and Goodman. There was beef with Goodman and state fans, NC State fans. And okay. I, acting as uh, as an unauthorized representative for the entirety uh -huh. of the fan base, uh, squashed the beef between Goodman. Goodman had been, has been ripping state fans for running off Herb Sendek, 
And Carnegie yeah. Mellon alum. What's that? Carnegie Mellon alum, Herb Sendak. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and, and basically pointing out that, like, you know, you might not think Herb Sendak like, can take you to the top, but it, life can get a lot worse a lot more quickly. And since then, life has gotten a lot worse. Oh, so they're just mad because the guys keep saying, I told you so. Yeah, and Goodman um, uh, wasn't, like, d- doesn't like Gottfried, Mark Gottfried, who's since been fired, or uh, former athletic director Debbie Yao. And so that was sort of, there's just been beef. And, like, NC State fans, you know how we are. You know, know how, you know how redneck North Carolina fans are. I saw your picture there. I thought you were going to fight him with that face you had. No, no, we had a great time. We, um, Although I think Pat Forty might want to fight me, but that's a whole different story. Get um, in line, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned... 4 p.m., a little bit before 4 p.m., we'll go live with the franchise tag deadline. Uh, very quickly, before we get to combine stuff, I do want to point out that David Njoku has been tagged by the Cleveland Browns, according to reports. Interesting, people are like, well, how could you tag Njoku? I thought it was a no-brainer. Because you, if, you wanted to, if you wanted to keep him in any capacity, it made sense. And even if you don't want to keep him, it kind of makes sense. 25-year-old, hyper-athletic tight end, high draft pick, Hasn't lived up to his potential. The franchise tag for the tight ends is not expensive or shouldn't be expensive. And you have, um, you know, a possibility of a tagging trade. So to, to me, it was, it was kind of an easy move. Yeah, I saw your tweet on that, too. I didn't disagree with it. Uh, I think that's right. And as you point out, they have a ton of cap space. Why not? And hopefully, I mean, it can't be worse, the 2022 season, than 2021 was for the Browns. So why not bring back your dudes, especially now that you're without Odell Beckham and you need some help at wide receiver? Yeah, and they use multiple tight ends in their offense all the time, so it makes it, he's a good blocker. It makes a ton of sense. It, it, like he could in two years, he could be having a breakout season, and we're wondering why you know why Cleveland didn't keep him. Um, I, I think there's going to be I'm trying to think who the third one is. There's going to be Schultz is getting tagged. Dalton Schultz will get tagged for the Cowboys. There, I, there's like two or three tight ends who might get tagged, so that's worth keeping an eye on as a trend. The numbers just low, and you can tag him. It's like an easy it's, it's an easy way to do it. Um, by the way, Jonathan Whitehead points out it cost one pound to tag a tight end. That's right. You can uh, you can actually tag tight ends in British currency these days. So get that going for you. Interesting. So some combines. Gasecki, thank you. Chat. Mike Gasecki. Yeah, Gasecki, yeah, Gasecki, Dalton Schultz, and um and then Joker will be tagged. I, it would be my guess. We're looking at combines, risers, combine risers and fallers. How was Indy, by the way? Did you have fun? The weather was nice. It didn't rain at all. I mean, it was in the 30s a couple of days, the last oh, day God, there. I love it. There. I love it when it's in the 30s there. Well, it was in the 70s in the last day. It was like summertime. So that Disgusting. was that was amazing. But the uh, underrated part, like it's a, you know, it, it's a steakhouse town. And I'm not, I like steak. I don't love steak. Once is yeah. enough. But they've actually expanded their, their options in terms of food. And they have a, a lot of good food there. So, which is someone's pointing out, I think. If you're going to have the convention center where you're having all these all these companies come in for all these conventions. You got to have food. Otherwise people will go elsewhere and the food, they, the food is caught up. I actually had fantastic sushi there, which sounds weird in the middle of almost the middle of the country. But um, yeah, it was landlocked fun. State. Hey, hey, look there prior to that there. I mean, their, their big thing is shrimp cocktail in the landlocked state. So exactly. So the, the food was great. It's always easy to get around downtown, which is awesome. Um, there's never any traffic, even though it's a, it's a major city. So is it, weird, to is it weird that in our uh, our collaborative rundown that we have on we use like a Google Doc or whatever that John Breach just jumped in there? Isn't that weird? Like what? What is yeah. Breach doing? He's stealing stuff. That's like, what he's doing. Like, what are you doing, Breach? You stealing watch him, You watch the podcast? Trying to do that newsletter? Um, 
What's today? Today he's not his off day. It's not Wednesday, so he's he he's won't up work on Wednesday. Uh, anyway, let's get to some risers and fallers. You have in your latest mock draft, Malik Willis going number eight to the Falcons. He has moved to in depends on where you look, but I I see minus one twenty mm. first quarterback taken in the draft. Do you think that's a good bet? Do you have the other numbers in front of you or not? Oh, sure. I For the quarterbacks. Yeah, it's going to be so hard. I like, I don't know if a quarterback's going to go in the top you know, 10. I'm looking on my local. Let me know if I should look on Caesars, by the way. I don't know if a quarterback's going to go in the top 10 with how good these edge rushers and offensive tackles are, and even some of these linebackers, and even some of these wide receivers. Uh, Pickett uh, is plus 175. Pickett okay. was the favorite before the combine. <laughs> That's funny. Matt Corral was 10 to 1 before the combine, now 9 to 1. Sam Howell was 6 to 1 and moved to 9 to 1. Desmond Ritter, 25 to 1. Um, that's enough. Yeah. After that, it's just Bailey Zappi, a hundred to one Carson strong, 80 to one field is plus three fifty. Bailey Zappi, hundred to one. If that I were thought, Bailey Zappi looked all right at the combine, didn't he? He's good, but he's he, good. he, he reminds me of, uh, Taylor Heineke and like Doug Hodges. So he could be 4 billion to one and you would be throwing away money as him as his first quarterback off the board. It's just not going to happen. But I think it's probably, I like Matt Corral the best. But the, you talk to 10 people, you get 10 different answers. So it's going to be down to Malik and, and Kenny Pickett. And then it becomes one's going to be a guy who's long-term and one's going to be a guy who's going to come in right away and help. So the Falcons, they don't need someone right away. Falcons and Lions make a lot of sense for Malik Willis if they, li- if they like him. I don't know if the Lions would take him at two. I almost don't think they will. But again, that's just me speculating at this point. So the Panthers at six, they need help right away, but they may. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't take Malik Willis. They, you know, there's the Kenny Pickett connection because of the Matt Rule Temple when they were recruiting together. Also, I'm not sure if you're aware, Wilson. Josh Edwards pointed this out. What Josh? Did uh, David Tepper, former, uh, also a Carnegie Mellon alum. Yeah. You know where else David Tepper went? Liberty. Pittsburgh. Oh, dang it. He's one of the like the five biggest donors to Pittsburgh in the, the school history or something. I, I think he was also a minority Steelers owner at one point as well. I think he was. Big pit guy. So certainly Haslam was. I mean, the point being is that there are if if they like Pickett at all, he's probably going six to the Panthers. So also the math you have to do is you could get in on Pickett now at plus money. I think you said he's plus money now, but you're also banking that nothing happens in free agency in terms of Carolina going after one of these quarterbacks. And it feels sort of stalled with the free agent quarterback movement. So if you go down the list, the Giants are staying put, the Jets are staying put. Texans at three aren't taking anyone. You have to wonder if the Lions would do it at two. I don't think they would. It would probably be Malik Willis. It would be crazy to take Kenny Pickett at two. We take any of these quarterbacks at two. I think you go Aiden Hutchinson or uh, uh, K. Thibodeau or something there too. So it starts at six with the Panthers, and you and I both feel that would be Kenny Pickett. Eight of the Falcons. You got Matt Ryan next year, so you would – I don't think you'd want Kenny Pickett to sit for a year. He's already 24 years old, so that feels like Malik, Malik Willis. The Broncos at nine. Like, I don't know who they're taking. I feel like they want, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. I would just draft someone who's not a quarterback. The Commanders at 11. Again, like, I would take Matt Corral there, but I don't know if they're going to do that. So it gets it gets pretty murky pretty quickly, and you have to bank on the number six or number eight picks in terms of whether it's going to be Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. Um, I mean, I, I think Malik Willis is the best bet. But the the concern for me would be Kenny Pickett to the Panthers. To the where? The Panthers, Carolina. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, once free agency happens, then the that Kenny Pickett plus number may go minus right quick. If the if the Panthers do nothing, 
if the Panthers do nothing, right? So, and if the Pan- that's a good point. So, for people who like betting on the draft, and I love betting on the draft, and we make a lot of money on the draft. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, listen to the bets. Um, but if Malik will, if he only went to minus one twenty after the combine, so all right, what did you hear about Willis? Because he worked out, he didn't. Uh, what he didn't, he didn't run the forty. Yeah, I don't think he ran the 40. He didn't run the 40. He, I, I think he did it on purpose where he didn't run the 40 because he didn't want people to focus on his speed. Yeah. He wanted people to focus on his his ability to throw, et cetera. Um, I mean, they all threw well against no no one there, out there. Right. There were there were some rumblings that he interviewed really well. Um, I don't know if that was supposed to be a surprise or not. He was asked to do a lot. In the I camp, heard it both ways. I heard Liberty it, offense, yeah. I heard it really well and really meh. Yeah, but I know – there were the same conversations about Kyler Murray coming out. People say all sorts of things. So who knows? Who, who are you going to believe? That I don't know the answer to. But we talked to him on set. Incredibly humble, soft-spoken guy. I asked him, would you rather sit for a year or, or play right away on a bad team? And he said, well, I'd rather play right away. But <laughs> He's like, know. I've been at Liberty for three years, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You've like, been watching, you been watching football, bro? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. They were actually top 10 at one point in 2020. Yeah, UNC was too, 21. Terrible. It's a real shame. But uh, I didn't take anything away from the, the – I will tell you what I took away, and we'll talk about Desmond Ritter in a second, but I'll give you a little sneak peek. There were 323 guys there, all extremely confident. No one had more confidence than Desmond Ritter. I was actually afraid to sit next to him on the set. That's how confident he was, and he, he had an edge to him. Uh, the other guys were all confident and all nice and all fun to talk to, but I don't think anything changed in terms of where these guys are going to end up going based on on the combine. Uh, uh, the combine part we saw it. the interviews, obviously with the medicals in terms of Carson strong will, will determine his fate. But, uh, I, I think, um, the public public facing stuff, they're exactly the same guys we thought they were. Okay. So not, uh, not a ton change for you at the combine in terms of the quarterbacks. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The only thing that changed is that I'm now more afraid of Desmond Ritter than I thought I was before. When you say afraid, what do you mean? He came on set and he he's he's um I think he said he only got one scholarship offer, maybe a handful of offers coming out. Uh, went to Cincinnati when they weren't really a program, stayed there the whole time and basically turned that program around with Luke Fickle. And he plays with a huge chip on his shoulder. And and he <laughs> he said, I'm gonna run the fastest, I'm gonna throw the best, I'm gonna do I'm gonna interview the best, I'm gonna jump the highest. And he was borderline angry talking about it. And I appreciated that. I, I still think there are issues with this game, primarily the accuracy part of it. But he can obviously run. He ran a four-five-one, but he can run when you watch him play. I mean, there was no doubt about that. Um, decision making needs to get a little better. But he's a fantastic leader too. He started fifty-something games, and and that team was as good as they were because of him on offense. They have a lot of dudes on defense. But um, I, I loved, uh, I loved that edge that he had because I, I did, I wasn't expecting it because sometimes these kids don't want to put out there that sure. that they're going to die. You don't sound angry at the combine when you're talking to the media. Yeah, he wasn't angry, but he was like, yeah, just so you understand, this is how it's going to play out. Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State, was angry at me. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Jamie Eisenberg. But Jamie was like, Wilson has you. like, Yep. Oh, just, just, just like the Kayvon Thibodeau, Chris Hassel. Yeah, man, they threw you under the bus frequently. Well, it's funny. Um, Brees Hall had as my number two running back behind Ken Walker. I love them both. I mean, that's just not who is he mad he's behind Ken Walker? Come on, man. And then uh, he looked at me and said, uh, what'd he say? Yeah, oh, this is what he said. And he was he was sizing me up, like looking me up and down three times during the course of this conversation. He said, uh, I'm, top, I'm top two and I'm not two. 
I said, okay, I got you, my man. <laughs> right. and then went out and ran the four threes, but so did Ken Walker. I like them both. Yeah. They're, um, they're first round running backs in this class, though, right? I don't think so. That would be, that would be a, a huge, you don't want to bet that over under is a half. Take the under speaking of crazy 40 yard dash runs. Let's take a break. And we'll come back and we'll talk about maybe the craziest 40 yard dash you'll ever see. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jordan Davis. Oh, I thought you were going to go with JJ and Emory Hunt. I didn't even see that. What did they run? No, you saw it. We put it in Slack when Breach said that we find someone you can beat in Emory Hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was really slow. Debo, did you see that? Debo's scrambling. Oh, my God. Debo's on a call. He didn't I even know I took a break either. Um, Jordan Davis, 478, 40-yard dash. He weighs, I think, like 340 pounds? 341. 341, and he ran a 47840. That Six, is seven and a half. 10-3 broad jump, 32-inch vertical. You have him going 13 to the Browns in your latest mock. He wasn't in the first round last week. No. Do you think he solidified himself as a first-rounder? Yeah, my comparison to him all draft season, even during the college football season, was Dexter Lawrence, who went in the middle of the first round. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's exactly it. He's, yeah, a he's big a, guy who moves really well, but he's a big guy who moves. He ran f- faster 40 times than four tight ends. And that's, that's outrageous. And the slowest running back was Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, who ran a 4.66. This dude was uh, 12 hundredths of a second behind Kyron Williams. And I love Kyron Williams. It is, I just don't know how these guys are doing this. I was talking to Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher out of Florida State, who's gonna who ran a fantastic forty as well. And I said, "Do you feel weird like for the last eight weeks you've basically been trained to be a track star, and then you just have to turn all that off and never use it again?" He goes, "It's part of the job interview, basically. You know, when you go to job interview, you wear a tie, even though you never wear a tie. That's sort of that version <laughs> of this. So, yeah, uh, it, it's absolutely insane. And in a room full of ridiculously athletic." Football players, somehow Jordan Davis at six seven and a half, three forty one is the most ridiculous of the bunch. Good for him, man. I, I mean, what do you got? If the guy ran a four seven eight. That's you can't even wrap your brain around that. The one thing I think that might why he might not be top fifteen, or and and I mean look, if they take him thirteen, that's fine. He's a you watch him play at Georgia, and that dude is a he's a problem. Like he's just involved like he I he's just overwhelming, you know offensive linemen who just don't normally deal with like that kind of size and, and speed and strength. The the one concern I have is, and this was pointed out on the broadcast, I believe, but you know, against Alabama, the sec title game, 
they ran up tempo and you know he is he not like his conditioning's bad just because of his size you know can he be on the field for three downs against a team running you know up tempo offense i mean that's it also helped that in, in Georgia, there are 12 guys in that team that will be first-round picks on the defense. Yeah, yeah insane. Yeah. Um, including uh, Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker, Devonta Wyatt, of course. Um, Four, see, I, you have Trayvon Walker going to – yeah, Devontae Wyatt. You have you have Devontae Wyatt going 23 to the Cardinals and Trayvon Walker going 14 to the Ravens, Jordan mm-hmm. Davis going 13 to the Browns. Uh, who the, it, it, Nicobe Nicobe Dean? Dean. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous, this defense. Like we yeah. might look, we might look back at this defense, this Georgia defense, in a way that we look at the LSU offense from 2019. That's not even. I mean, if those two teams, well, it didn't matter. LSU still won it all. But if those two teams, those two sides of the ball were on the same team, they'd have won every game 100 to nothing. We are still live on here on YouTube.com/slash Pick Six. Thanks for holding tight for those watching uh, at home. The hamsters quit working for a second there. And unfortunately, this was a. Uh, Midday mock draft uh, pod, not like a post Super Bowl pod or something like that. Probably Breach, who uh, who who maybe is Breach in the rundown. There you go. Yeah, um, but anyway, you were talking up how good that defense. I th- was. Actually, I thought you were steal. I thought you were like you iced me out so you could steal my take about Georgia's twenty twenty one defense. We'll look back on the same way we look back on LSU's twenty nineteen offense in that. Like all of these, you know, it's like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, just like like guys who are all pros and at the NFL level, we're all on the same team and playing together, and it's just a, like an absurd group of, of players. Um, how many people do you have from Georgia going in your first round? Three, four, at least four, and then Quay Walker, Channing, uh, uh, Channing Tendall, Lewis Seen, Derek, Darren Kendrick. Those are all defenders going to get drafted. Jamari Salyer. Uh, the tackle is going to move to guard. Justin Schaefer on We're offense. We're talking like seven people at least in the first two days. In the first two days, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think. James Cook, Dalvin's brother. Um, they have the other running backs, Samir White. They have George Pickens, who tore his ACL, came back this year. I mean, they're going to have close to 10, 11 guys drafted. Their their yeah. punter's really good. Do you know these these swig things? Why is New Belgium passing up? Uh, my buddy Chris Allen um, works for New Belgium and, and hooked me up with this. Is that the same Chris Allen who was supposed to send me some new Belgian beer a year and a half ago and never did it? Probably. Um, pandemic. Uh, you know, you have, yeah. uh, 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 didn't work. Uh, no, what is it? Um, supply chain issues. There it is. Yeah. Um, I poured coffee in that in that thing at like like 9.30 in the morning. It is like scalding hot at 1.30 in the afternoon. It's pretty wild. At any rate, a lot of, lot of Georgia guys going in the first round and in the second and third round. Um, you're going to – you're gonna you, that is going to be – a talking point coming out of this draft, out of the first two days of this draft, in my opinion, is like, oh my God, there are this Georgia defense was insanely loaded and they won the title. Good for them. Uh, speaking of insanely talented players who brought titles to their team, oh boy, Icky Aquanu. Just kidding. We didn't win any titles, but Icky was uh, fantastic. A bunch of NC State players are, uh, everybody from NC State came back and everybody was very excited about it. But nobody thought or wanted – I mean, we wanted Icky to come back, obviously, because we wanted to play because he's great. But he's was too good of a draft prospect to risk coming back for another year of college. And I think there's a distinct possibility that he is going to go number one overall after something you've been mocking for, for weeks now. I think the Jaguars could definitely take him first overall. 
Yeah, here's what how BMAC, our buddy Brian McFadden, puts it. He says he's the best player on the offensive lineman right now, offensive line right now for Jacksonville, and he plays with an edge. And you want guys to play with an edge, and and that's why BMAC likes him better than Evan Neal. I like them both a lot. I like Icky a little better. Our buddy Pete Prisco likes Evan Neal a little better. Um, but I, I don't think you go wrong with either guy. My favorite Icky Kwanu stat, and I mentioned this to him when he was on the set, is that he ran the anchor leg of the four by one hundred relay in high school yep. at two eighty five. The track star at 285. It's I mean, think of, I mean, he was state high school wrestling champ, which makes sense because he's he's a offensive lineman and he destroys people. But the, that athleticism is what jumps out. He ran a four nine three at the combine, which no one gives a crap. He could have ran an eight nine three, and he's still going to be one of the best uh, offensive linemen in this draft class. But yeah, I, I think it just makes too much sense not to happen. Doug Peterson, the new coach, is obviously an offensive guy, and I would imagine he wants to protect. Trevor Lawrence and they could draft another edge rusher and have three in the last four years as first rounders, but is that going to make them better in a not great conference, uh, not great division like in the next two months? Nah, I think you'd, you'd protect Trevor Lawrence and worry about the other stuff later. Two more reasons why Icky will go number one versus Evan Neal. And look, this could all be moot if, and I think, I do think this is a possibility that Shad Khan, owner of the Jaguars, steps in and says, because look, the, to me, it's possible they could take Aiden Hutchinson, but yeah. if you're if you're the Jaguars, you have gotten killed for the last year over an inability to put stuff around to pr- protect and improve Trevor Lawrence. They will want to make it appear as if they are trying to help Trevor Lawrence out, even if they sign like a Teron Armstead and free agency. I still think it's possible that they draft Icky and put him at right tackle, um, put him, you know, I mean, guard. Like the stuff that he does from a athletic perspective, whether it's you know his ability to pull, his ability to get to the second level on screens and stuff, is like identical with what you would want from a a, a, a tackle or an offensive lineman of any any sort in a Doug Peterson offense. You know what my nickname is for him, right? The the uh, the I don't know I don't. Doctor Pancake. Doctor Pancake. Well, do you know the Do you know the pancake story? The syrup story? No. He has. So Dave Doran started giving out bottles of syrup every time somebody got a pancake. And he has like a he thousand like a store with it. Syrup. Yeah, he has his own pan. He has his own syrup store. I told him my nickname. He, he didn't. He didn't mention the pancake. The the syrup. Really? Store. I'm surprised. Yeah. Maybe he was too humble. Um. <laughs> so, and the other thing here too. People won't remember this because most people, like 90% of the population is not going to think about this because there's a very small Venn diagram of like NC State. Like, look, this is just me, basically, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, Trent Balky, while in San Francisco, drafted Contavious Street. He drafted uh, Dante Johnson, and he scouted and helped draft two NC State defensive players in the 2006 draft, Manny Lawson, a first-round pick, and Marcus Hudson. Now, I mean, that's a fairly – it's those four guys. But, you know, that's – I mean, for an NC State program that for most of the time that Balky was GM at San Francisco was not cranking out, you know, um, high-level NFL athletes <laughs> outside of the quarterback position. Of course. Uh, I, I think that there is – Dave Kramer. Shout out, Dave Kramer, Reverend Gabriel. Um, I, I just think that there is a enough of a connection there. You t- add in the athleticism with how it works with Doug Peterson's offense. Add in his performance at the combine. What, what do you run at the 40? Four, four, nine, three. Four, nine, which is ridiculous. 
it's not Jordan Love or Jordan Davis ridiculous, but it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, also had a uh, nine inch broad jump, twenty nine inch vertical. Most of the stuff, athletic stuff, was like fairly average amongst offensive line performances, but he was top uh, seven, I think, in terms of forty yard dash in uh, on off uh, offensive lineman. And then his off field, like there is nothing to pick apart with Doctor Pancake. He is right. he is a stand up uh, kid. Great off field stuff. I think it's a. I think I think that they're going to take him first overall. The Jaguars. I like I, it. I bet it at thirty to one. I bet it some more at four to one, and then I bet some more at plus one seventy five. Uh, yesterday. Hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I I feel pretty good about it. Would definitely bet Icky going first overall. Trevor Penning helped himself, didn't he? Yeah, he was a fun guy to talk to. Northern Iowa, um, small school, and that is FCS. He is not small. He's six seven or six eight, and the. Takeaway for from him at the Senior Bowl is that he kept body slamming these defensive ends at one on one drills, and he did it a couple times. Almost got his quarterback hurt. He almost got Desmond Lawrence. Uh, Desmond Lawrence. Desmond Ritter rolled up on, yeah. and uh, another quarterback who I can't remember right now. So I asked him when he was on set. I said, "Did you, you know, did did the coaching staff put back at all and ask you to quit doing that?" He goes, "All the time. They asked me several times to quit doing it." So I said, "So why were you doing it?" He goes, "I wanted to prove that I belong to be there." that I belong there because just because I'm an FCS guy doesn't mean that I can't compete and he competed and, you know, BMAC's big saying with, um, offensive linemen in particular, but he talks about the defensive guys like this too. So his Florida state DB coach used to tell him you'd rather say, whoa, than sick him. And he likes guys that goes, goes after and Trevor, Trevor Penning goes after it. In fact, uh, Tommy Tran was, was anchoring that, that segment. And he, he, um, described himself to Tommy as he said, prick on, on air. And, <laughs> He wasn't wrong. He he, I love he it. yeah. And he was he was a you know he was a guy you'd like to have a beer with. I, I yeah, I love people who call themselves pricks. Yeah, but it, he plays with an edge and he has a ton of, prick. I love, I love yeah, you guys are simpatico for sure. But he's a really good football player as well. He played well at the senior bowl, he played well over the course of the season, their first game against Iowa State, and he was dominant at times during that, and and I'm sure he impressed some people. I think he put up some pretty good numbers. At the combine as well, I didn't. I don't remember what his forty was. I think it was sub five, but he he's a guy who may end up going in the second round. I don't know, but if he went in the first round, uh, I would certainly feel comfortable with it, given um, sort of the progress he's made over the course of the twenty twenty one season to the the pre draft process here. How about? Uh, let's, uh, let's see. You have Garrett Will. Oh, the, let's look at the wide receivers for um, Ohio State guys: Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. The forty times were weird. It was like, uh, which Alave ran like a four two six, and it was like a four three nine or something. Yeah, that um, was weird. How did um, how did these guys? Did these guys launch themselves? Like, how, like, how much did they help themselves at the combine? Is the question. I liked Garrett Wilson better than Chris Alave coming in, and nothing changed even when for a couple hours Alave hadn't run the faster time. Uh, I asked Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end from Ohio State, who's probably going to be a day two pick, who he thought was faster, and he didn't feel comfortable answering it. So I asked Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson didn't hesitate. He said Chris Olave's faster, and then he goes out and runs slightly faster than than Olave. Garrett Wilson plays much faster than Olave, in my opinion. Um, but I, I love the way Olave plays. He's a technician, a technician as a route runner. But I think Garrett Wilson is so incredibly athletic. He reminds me a lot of Odell Beckham in terms of the his ability, his athleticism, his ability to get open, and then his ability to catch the ball and go. He had some focus drops, but at the end of the day, I'm not worried about those. He's he felt like a home run hitter a lot. So I think they probably both helped themselves. Olave time faster than I thought he played, and Garrett Wilson ran as exactly like I thought he would. 
Uh, I had Garrett Wilson. Where to have him going? I had him going. Where is Garrett? You have eleventh to the Commanders. Yep, and then Alave going thirtieth to the Chiefs. And I think, yeah, I think too with the Commanders, the way that Ron Rivera spoke on CBS Sports HQ, by the way, uh, made it sound like they're definitely going to go veteran route instead of drafting somebody and hoping to win with a first round pick from this class. And it also sounded like they, I mean, like did they reportedly make a, some massive offer for Russell Wilson that got turned down? I think that was, the that was put list. out there. I don't know if that was like a legitimate offer, just like you're calling everybody saying, I want Aaron Rodgers." but yeah, the fact they put it out there sort of strengthens the point that Rivera was making. I wonder what that offer, like, I mean, like, like what, I mean, what would you, I mean, if you're, first of all, you got to, you got to convince Russ to come to Washington, which I think Ron Rivera could do, but yeah, it's worse places to be in terms of yeah. spotlight. Sure. Uh, and he's uh, I mean, what three first round picks and like I mean, two first round picks, Chase Young and what about Terry McLaurin, Chase Young, and two first round picks? You can't trade the can't trade Terry McLaurin. Plus, I got DK Metcalf <laughs> and Tyler Lockett. Oh, okay. Uh, Chase Young, Jamin Davis, a first round pick from last year, two first round picks. I mean that's a pretty massive offer, and I don't because for uh, Brandon Scherf is a free agent, so you can't include him. They would definitely take him. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, they're kidding. Well, yeah, Russ is the one who needs him. I guess you franchise to trade him, but it's, I don't know how much cap Seattle has. I don't, I'm guessing not a lot. Yeah, it, it, basically Seattle. We learned from the combine that Seattle's not trading Russell Wilson. Um, okay, so you mentioned Ken Walker and Brees Hall. Um, why don't we take another quick break? I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but we'll take another quick break. Come back and talk about fallers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's a perfect name for your little fake Southern accent. Kenny Pickett. My fake Southern accent. Yeah, when you can't go ahead, say Kenny Pickett, please. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> there you go. Um, eight and a half inch hands. They're gonna sink his stock. I don't think so. I, I but he, he he fell based on combine stuff. You think? No, it just a lot of the a lot of the reason he fell is because all the other guys that got pushed up had such good combines. Okay. Like I talked to some folks who care about it, and I talked to other folks who don't care about his hand size. Brady Quinn talked about this on the on the Pick Six podcast last week about how. Kenny's been listening. With, you guys thrash me. Actually, I don't think we did. Just early on, I think Pete yeah. Pete had some things to say. But Brady pointed out that he's been playing with gloves forever, so it's not like something he had to figure out and do, and he's comfortable with it. And they're so incredibly sticky that it may not matter. He does have some ball security issues, um, but he's a leader. 
Like we talked to him, he, he's okay, the guy. He played at Pittsburgh. I mean, it's not like he. It's right. Like, that's where, like, unless the unless they open up a franchise in Alaska, you know, like I mean, he's already played in the, you know, the worstish weather. I mean, well. right. And if Mac Jones can play in that that wind bowl that they had, where he threw the ball three times, uh, anybody can. So uh, his teammates loved him. He played really well last year. Um, he ran a four seven three, which is faster than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So he he's athletic. I think he'll be fine. If he's there at twenty, I, I'm certain the Steelers will consider him. I don't know. Tomlin has said he wants an athletic quarterback, or he would like to, to you know go in that direction. So Kenny Pickett gives you some athleticism. Malik Willis gives you a ton of athleticism, but then you're um, you're worrying about the other stuff. Kenny Pickett's probably ready to play now. And I've said this before on the podcast. I say it all the time when I do radio or whatever. Kenny Pickett's basically. Uh, Danny, Danny, uh, Daniel Jones. Sure. If you take if you take him six overall, he's probably going to have a Daniel Jones type career based on the unreasonable expectations. If he goes to the bottom of the first, then you know he'll be have a chance to have some success without the pressure of being uh, a savior from day one. I, I like the way that that sets up. Uh, who else? Matt Corral at twenty six. You had him going. I think. 11th to the commanders. I've had him. He's my QB one. He's still my QB one. I just watched a couple more games of his just to, he so you're, not, you're not doing your mock. Even at this point, you're not doing your mock based on your list of dudes. It's, it's right. it, it, like you're, you're, if, if you think, if you think the commanders would like Malik Willis over Matt Corral, you're going Malik Willis. Right. In fact, I was actually thinking about exactly what you're talking about because Pete does his, uh, what team should do mock draft the last week before yeah. the draft. So I need to coordinate with him so I don't step on his toes, but I don't, technically do something like that, but I probably should just to go on record so I can, so if I'm right, I can have the opportunity to say I was right. Well, and so, I mean, you've done 45 mock drafts so far. Like break up the, break up the, <laughs> yeah, break up the not, yeah, true. I mean, I remember when I was, I would do them. I mean, for years I did them every week. Um, and then they, you know, it was like, I mean, you would get eight weeks into the off season and you would just, I would just start doing weird stuff to my mock draft just to like, yeah. A couple of years ago, you had two going number two to Washington. That's right. And people got really angry about that. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some real weird when I do my first one this year. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, who, else, I, who else? Who else fell? Uh, Evan Neal, maybe. No, Evan Neal's fine. I know uh, he was on the rundown. Uh, there were some. There weren't even any concerns. We talked. Who are your followers then? Who who whose stock got hurt at the draft? So Matt Corral went to 26. I haven't go. I haven't had him going that low, and neither have I had the Titans taking a quarterback. Um. But I, I do think the momentum because it's what have you done for me lately? Fair or not is around Kenny Pickett and even Sam Howell who, who um, threw the ball. Well, I guess you want to call it that, but he, I think he interviewed well as well and, and Malik Willis. So Matt Corral has been sort of under the radar. So I don't think I've had him going this low in, in a long time. So that has something to do with him. Not, he didn't work out. He's still nursing that ankle injury. He suffered uh, in that bowl game. Traylon Burks ran a four, five, five. Now the conversation he, he did fall that, that gets your attention because he plays faster than that. Although, Pete thought he necessarily didn't, but I, I thought he was. He looked faster than that. And we've been talking about in, in the previous weeks whether it's Garrett Wilson, Drake London, or Traylon Burks is who's going to be the first wide receiver. I have Garrett Wilson one, Drake London two, and Traylon Burks three. Actually, four behind Jameson Williams. So if he got out there and run a four four, that would be a different conversation. So that's the thing. He ran a, a slow a three cone drill too. So make of that what you will. Um, Kenny Green, uh, Kenny Green's on our list. Of guys to talk about, I ran a four two four. I don't care about that. The twenty bench press gets your attention uh, as, as a big guy. It was yeah. second second fewest among all the big guys. So you wonder he plays much stronger than that, and he plays with an edge, and he'll play guard in, in the league. And I had him going to the Chargers, which makes sense because they need to continue to to protect Justin Fields. 
uh, Justin Fields, Justin uh, Herbert. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I never had him go inside the top 15, I don't think, in the last two months or so. So that feels about right. And I, I didn't really care about his his on-field performance. Just to be clear, ran a 5-2-4. If he ran a 4-2-4, four, 4-2-4, four, uh, he's probably in the number one pick and in the rise. The <laughs> he's the number one pick, and he is uh, going to be converted to wide receiver. I also said that Icky was going to run a sub-4-5, and Brady Quinn almost – uh, sub four five. I meant I to say, I meant to say 40. sub five. Oh, 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 oh I, yeah. I've been known to mess up the 40 times. As I, thank you for correcting that, Debo. Yeah, uh, I, the yeah, last I, name, I certainly wasn't going to catch it. The last name on that list is Devin Lloyd, and this is an interesting one. He ran a four six five, and that's pretty slow by the off ball linebacker standards. These guys were blazing. Uh, I love Devin Lloyd, so I still had him going 10th. Um, some folks, uh, in the Twitter. First might might have been upset with that four six five. I was not. I, I don't care. I, I hope he runs a four eight five at his pro day so the Steelers can get him at twenty. Like I, I think he is incredible. He's my linebacker one. Nakobe Dean's linebacker one A. Those guys are both really really good. Devin Lloyd's long. He's almost six three if he didn't measure in at six three, but uh, he's an absolute player. So uh, as a Steelers homer, the four six five made me quite happy. Devin Lloyd, I would imagine, wasn't happy with it, but it should have no effect on on where he get, he's drafted. All right. Any uh, any other content from the combine? Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about anybody. anybody I, I can't believe you didn't, Debo. Did you see the race between JJ and Emory? I mean, that's not a race. That's like, well, Emory's been talking up how I, I will say this about Emory, and I said this to his face. Every time we had a player wasn't on, Emory, wasn't Emory a college football player? Every time we had a player on set, here's how Emory started his first question: As a former college football player. He, he leaned into it. I said, Emory, you got smoked by JJ, who played in strike me as like super athletic. Did you see like Tyree Kill at the Pro Bowl, like where he's in the race against Micah Parsons, but runs like half speed? That's that's how no disrespect to JJ. Uh, but Emory's in a three-piece suit. He was not putting in the effort. I'll give you some behind the scenes. I wasn't there for that, but I heard about it later, and Emory admitted as much. He said he was talking smack, sort of like Will Brinson was to Sean Wagner McGuff before they raced. And I think Brinson probably was again, again, like Emory. You know, Emory's in a three-piece suit. I'm eight drinks deep at minimum, wearing khakis and no shoes in the streets of Fort Lauderdale like an idiot. My my advice to both of you would have been don't don't run, because now it's out there. And JJ, as I joked, would probably play band in high school, and he just went there and smoked a Division One athlete, and it wasn't even close. Tough, tough scene for him. That was the highlight of me for the week in terms of the forties. Uh, <laughs> second was Jordan Davis running four seven eight. What about the four two three? Kalen Barnes. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were making a Kenyon Green joke. No. Yeah. So to B Max credit, he said that uh, Kalen Barnes, Tyquan Thornton, and um, Tyreek Woolen were all going to run in the four twos, and he he was right. I think maybe maybe one of them got into four three one or something. But he he said that last week. All those guys train together, as it turns out. That's nuts. I, and there's so many fast guys, and I, I wonder if they're just better, better trained to track now in terms of the the sort of two month preparation for this, or whether these are just this. Just I, a, I think so. I think there's something to it. Because I did ask BMAC because I couldn't remember. I said BMAC, did, did you train back in 2005 before the draft? Was that a thing where you go somewhere and train for six seven weeks? He said, yeah, I went I went in Florida, but some people went to California. So it's been around, but I, you know that's 17 years ago, and I would imagine the the science has has improved enough to where you're cutting tenths of a second off. Um, Jermaine Johnson, the the edge rusher out of Florida State, said he saw his first attempts at sprinting, you know, 
six and a half weeks ago compared to right before the combine. He said it was night and day. So really, yeah, which you wouldn't think because he's you know already an elite athlete, and he ran a four five five, I believe, at four at three two fifty five two sixty pounds. So maybe maybe that's what Emory should do. Spend eight weeks at the training facility for you matches, JJ. <laughs> um, all right. Any uh, is there anything else? You're there for what? That is it. You're there for a week. Yeah, I was. All right, that's the uh, mock draft Monday combine recap wrap up. Free agency starts soon, and then we'll then then you can really once free agency gets going, then you can actually do a mock draft. Like really, every mock draft you've done, all forty five of them up to this point, have been exercise in futility. No, I agree. <laughs> Yeah. You don't get any pushback. That's right. All right. For Ryan Wilson. For Wilson, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.